Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor. And I'm so glad to be here with you again for this week's episode, which is all about food, alcohol, and your decision to drink less in midlife with Angela Masenik. So here's the thing. There's a lot of drinking going on now in the pandemic and for sure with midlife women. There's also a ton of shame and stigma related to overdrinking. So that's why I thought it would be great to dive into this topic and get some perspective and insights. So my guest today is perfect for this topic, Angela Masenik. Angela is the founder of the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast and numerous Stop Over Drinking coaching programs for women. She's also dedicated to helping high-achieving women address the underlying reasons for overdrinking so they can make permanent changes in their relationship with alcohol while having fun doing it. And that is one of the reasons I knew Angela would be great on this podcast, because that's exactly what we do with Women in the Middle. We break down difficult topics, shed some light on it, and then have fun doing it. Angela knows the pain of a life of overdrinking and overeating, and through life coaching, she's dropped the weight permanently, quit drinking, and hasn't looked back. When Angela isn't coaching other badass women to start living the life of their dreams, she's drinking coffee, running, hanging out with her three crazy kids, and reading all the latest self-help and business books, traveling, and enjoying her friends. I am really excited to share this fun and inspiring episode with you, so please enjoy. Hi, Angela. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Women in the Middle podcast. Thank you, Susie. I'm so excited to be here. I am really happy you're here. You know, this whole topic of alcohol and trying to understand alcohol in your lifestyle, it's so important. It's something that's become much more of a focus with all the stress that's been going on over the last year, year and a half with the pandemic. So I was just really excited about having you in to talk about it. So why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about your personal stuck story. Yeah, well, I love this question and this topic. Um, So I was somebody that, you know, very standard American lifestyle. You know, I went to college. I grew up in a very small Midwestern town. And in college and probably a little bit before, you know, I drank and partied like most college kids do, I or I thought, right? There was probably (laughs) a whole segment of people that didn't drink, but... I always thought that you weren't fun if you didn't drink. So I wanted to be fun and have friends and be super social. So I drank a lot in college and all my friends did as well. And then when I graduated college, you know, I went into the workforce and I had more money and I actually eventually got into pharmaceutical sales and I did a lot of traveling and entertaining for work. And I got, I had like a travel and expense budget and you know, it was pretty big. So I got into fine food and dine and wine and travel and 
you know, that kind of scene. Wow. So my weekend sort of partying went from like beer and like mixed drinks to like a very expensive wine habit. And, you know, it was into it. So like I, it was kind of like a hobby for me. Mm -hmm. And I lived in that point in Washington state. And then I moved to California, Northern California in San Francisco, where I had easy access in both of those locations to tons of wineries and fine dining and all the restaurants and all the things. So I definitely got into it. And then along this whole time, though, throughout my life, I had been on a diet. So like I, you know, really looked at this recently and I was eight years old when I was put on a diet by my family. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was always running in the background, losing weight, gaining weight, trying different diets, trying different fasts, over exercising, just all the different things like throughout this whole time period I had tried. So Weight Watchers multiple times, South Beach, Atkins, low carb, Metafast, shake mixes and powdered drinks and Shakeology. I mean, I just tried <laughs> all the things, right? So fast forward a little bit, you know, I, I was into food and alcohol, trying to do the diets. And then I got married and I had three kids back to back. And I really put on some weight in between or during those pregnancies and after. And then I went back to work full time and just like stress of managing three kids very close in age me traveling in my work, my husband traveling in his work. And I just felt like this more like stuck feeling like that. What am I doing this for? Like I'm going to work, I'm waking up, I'm doing the same thing over and over again. I go to work, it's stressful. I come home, I go to work to like pay the bills, to pay for this big house and these cars, to come home and be stressed because I have to manage all these kids and like do the thing over and over and over again. So I, I literally remember thinking like, this is like a hamster wheel. Mm. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I playing this game? Why? Like, I just kept questioning that. And during that time, I was super anxious and I would drink wine. It definitely like was starting to use alcohol then to manage that anxiety and that feeling like I was stuck. And it got so bad that I actually quit my job. Mm. And like, I need to figure this shit out, but I'm not prescribing to the standard lifestyle anymore. And I don't care if I have to eat crackers and canned soup. <laughs> I'm going to figure this out. And so then that's when I found life coaching. Mm. And, you know, somebody recommended the life coach school and I applied everything there, changed my life with my relationship to food and alcohol. And then the rest is history. So when you were in the stuckness part of it, did mm -hmm. you see possibility for you or did it just seem uh, incredibly overwhelming or both. What was that like for you, the feeling? Well, it was like that for a long time because I don't think I ever really felt like I knew what I wanted to do. I never really found like my purpose or like a big passion in my work or anything like that. So it was always just like, I did it because I, it made money and I felt like that's what I should do. Right. Like I felt like I was following along the path. Mm -hmm. Right. And so for many years, I felt that way. I'm just like, Ugh, like maybe if I quit my job, maybe if I try this different kind of job, like I was just kind of like searching for different things, right? That would make me feel better. And I think that too, like the diet mentality and like trying different things to make myself feel better. Does that make sense? So like I was, totally. I like I was always searching for something, right? Yeah, that's what it sounds like because yeah, you were but, searching to feel better. Yeah, yeah. Just trying different things. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think I had language around it, right, right. at that point. 
until like I was reaching the the like the peak of the dissatisfaction with it all. I actually found the minimalist documentary on Netflix, and I watched that. And I'm like, whoa! Like that really opened my eyes. I'm like, I don't have to prescribe to this, right? Like this consumerism. Buy the big house, pay the bills, do the rat race over and over again. I'm like, if they can do it, you know, then I started to feel inspired. And I'm like, if they can turn their lives around, I can too. And then um, I feel like there was something else that really moved me like that. And I was like, and then I started like thinking it was possible for myself to change like how I was living my life. I still hadn't made the connection to like food and alcohol really at that point. But I just kind of started to believe that it was possible. I'm like, I can do this. I can I can design the life that I want to. Wow, that's massive. And even yeah. that you had enough courage to quit your job is remarkable. Yeah. It's yeah. remarkable. Um, when I was stuck, I I didn't have that courage. Like I didn't even know I was afraid. That's how disconnected I was. Mm-hmm. I just thought I was confused. It didn't occur to me that I was actually afraid. And I didn't understand what I was afraid of. And that went on for five years. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was just the realization that started me just being a little bit more clear that something had to change mm-hmm. was I was able to label that I was no longer content. Mm-hmm. I had been content for a very long time mm-hmm. in the job and in life. Like there was enough growth. There was enough movement. There was enough challenge. I really liked my job. Mm-hmm. I just been there too long. Eventually, that's mm-hmm. all it was. But I did. I really, really liked it. And and ironic. It's not even that ironic. But I, there are so many transferable skills in what I do now that was related. Anyway, uh, I just love that question to really understand what is it that got you to take that first step, which was to change something. Yeah, I mean, I was so stressed out. Like, I'm like, I'm, something's going to happen. Like, I just can't, literally couldn't do it anymore. Like, it was so much to manage the three kids, like, because they weren't even in elementary school yet. So, like, there was daycares and both my husband and I were traveling. Like, I thought, these are my thoughts at the time. If one thing falls out of place, the whole day, like, the whole thing falls apart. Yep. Carrying that with me all the time, that anxiety and overwhelm about that. And then I I had a lot of resentment. Like, I'm the one that's managing all of this. I'm the one that's doing all this shit, right? And I thought at the time quitting my job would solve all that. (laughs) It definitely helped to, like, get me out of the the day-to-day kind of action shit that I was doing. But then I learned about mind management and how, why I was feeling that way. Right. And it wasn't really about my circumstances. It was about what I thought about my circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty eye opening when we realize that, oh, you mean I can't just read an article in a self-help magazine. I can't just watch (laughs) Oprah. I have to actually apply these things to my own life. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then when I quit the job, like I had started a blog actually before I quit my job. So I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to make money online. I don't know how, what that looks like, but I'm going to do it because other, then that's like that inspiration was in there. So I think I found like, um, I can't remember his name, but like I, I started reading about podcasting and I'm like, and then I like read blogs about how to start a podcast. And I was like, huh. And so then I started blogging. I created my website and I started blogging about anything, like minimizing my house. And then I went and like minimized all my shit in my house. And then I wrote healthy recipes or I wrote about packing light when I traveled or just anything. Oh, wow, you know? right. And then I remember I was feeling like 
not ashamed, but like maybe it was embarrassed, like telling people I wasn't making any money yet. Mm. Cause I didn't want to just be a stay at home mom. Like I had a label on that for some reason that I wasn't like, I wanted to be proud of like my work still, mm-hmm. you know? And one of my friends like, you know, there's this emotions thing on the life coach school podcast. You should listen to that. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> emotions. What? <laughs> it's shocking that so many of us are pretty disconnected. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really true. Okay. Yeah. So then you discovered that there's, more to identifying your feelings and understanding your thinking. And when was it that you started to focus in on weight and alcohol use? Yeah. So when I decided to join the Life Coach School coaching program, I thought I was going to join and she was going to help me make an online business because she sold Mm -hmm. the entrepreneurship, right? Like pretty heavily. I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. But then when I got in there, she's like, pick the one thing, like focus on one thing that you've been struggling with the longest. And I'm like, that's my weight, right? So like even longer than the drinking, my weight had been there. So I decided to go all in on that just to practice. And of course, then everything came together. Like even when you focus on one thing, like so many things in your life get affected, right? So that was right away, you know, when she told us to do that. So I decided to go all on my weight loss. And then in that work, I worked on my relationship with alcohol because they were very connected. So like when I would over drink, I would over overeat, like I would snack a lot to overcome all the alcohol that I had drank. So like in a weekend, I could gain like five to seven pounds with drinking and overeating. So it was quite the struggle. And um, I decided to not drink until I lost some significant weight. And then in that commitment to not drink until I got my weight down, I really opened up like I really got connected with myself and to my thoughts and my feelings and learned so much about myself and how it was all connected and, you know, applied all the tools and it just blew up from there. Wow. What was the most surprising thing to you about alcohol? I think the lie that I was telling myself that Mm. how much fun like it made to my life, like this identity that I had with it, like I would not be friends with people that didn't drink. Really? Yes. Like if they were religious people or anything, like if they didn't drink, I'm like, eh, you're boring. I don't want to, I would not hang out with them. So like seeing that for what it is and seeing how much fun I was actually having and how good I felt and like all the extra things I was able to do with my time. I'm like, this is actually way more fun. So like that was probably the biggest thing and that I could do it, like just trusting myself that I could go to a party, that I could still be my fun, outgoing self, still maintain my friendships that I had. And they got better because I remember the conversations where we, you know, when we were hanging out together, my relationship with my husband improved. Like there's so much that happened in such a short amount of time that I was pretty blown away by it. Wow. Did you, do you think now in hindsight, do you think you fully appreciated Uh, the effect that alcohol was having in your life? I think giving myself that space in the very beginning really helped me see that. So like there was just like this chapter of my life that had alcohol in it and how much, I mean, so much of my time was spent thinking about it. Mm. So like I would have to have the perfect wine when I went out for dinner. Right. So I would search the restaurant that had the best wine list. And then I would go to the restaurant and be like, it was so special for me to go out because I had all these kids at home at that point. Right. I'm like, let me taste it before I commit to having the glass of wine. And 
you know, there was this whole procedure around it. And if it wasn't good, I would just be like, Ugh. like, it was just like, it took, occupied so much of my thought space. If there was a party, I would like, who, who would be hosting the party? Are they going to have good enough wine for me? And if they, if I didn't think they would, I'd have to go pick out the wine at the store. I mean, it was crazy how much time that occupied in my life. Right. And then I would over drink it. And then all the time I would feel terrible. And like, as I got older, the effects would last a lot longer. Like, so like when my going through hormonal changes and things like that, even just a couple glasses of wine for me just set me back by like a day or two as far as energy levels and things. So yeah, it was pretty profound. Uh, does that answer your question? Yeah, it really does. And and what I'm thinking about, again, is just the disconnect, even with having a clear understanding about how we feel, like mm-hmm. not the emotional part of feeling, but the sensation part, the physical part of yeah. feeling not as good. And it's yeah. the same I've noticed uh, with my clients and, and with me personally is just not like almost being too busy to check in with yourself and be yes. honest with yourself about how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've noticed too, with this too busy thing that comes up all the time is even when you feel too busy to read a book or you feel too busy to go to the bathroom, you're just mm-hmm. not checking in with your desires at a higher level, at a physical mm-hmm. level. You're just not checking in with yourself. And most recently I started to notice that I think I may have a lactose sensitivity. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I wonder how long have I been having bad effects and I haven't put it together. Yeah. Just kind of ignoring it. If you get really gassy or something after you eat pizza, like, oh, just ugh, whatever. And then like, we forget about it. Don't check it. Exactly. Then, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So as you're talking about not, you know, being a little bit surprised, you know, about mm-hmm. how bad you were feeling and it would take right. you longer to recover and all of this. Yeah. I think it's just part of a much bigger problem of women, especially midlife women disconnecting mm-hmm. yeah. from their feelings for a variety of reasons. And one of them is <laughs> busyness and these labels that we put on ourselves and what we make it mean to function at that level. Yeah, I think part of it too is like as we get further in our lives, right? Like in the in the beginning when we're younger and we've got our goals and we're like going to go after it, right? And we're going to like, we're excited about that. We're doing things that we want to do. And then especially if you've got like, then you start having kids or you get married or get into that career, right? Like you get it, right? And then you kind of just like, all right, I've done it. And then we've kind of like stopped pursuing things and we forget that we still can. Oh my gosh. You get to like, you can still say, you know what? There's goals I want to have. It doesn't just because you've got the career that you wanted or you had the kids, whatever it is that you wanted to do when you were 20. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, like we still get to to evolve and change and grow. So nobody tells us that shit though, right? No, 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 it's a big, it's kind of like breastfeeding. It's a big secret. You know, it might hurt a little at the beginning. (laughs) It might hurt a lot at the beginning. Right. It's like, no, you, I know. Like, so what's next? Like, what, what is next after you do that? Like, that's the kind of the conversations. Like, what do you want? Is this what you still want? Like, those are the questions that we lose track of asking ourselves because we so, get right. so in the day to day with our lives, right? And we lose track of what we actually want. And sometimes we look up 10, 15, 20, 30 years later, and it's like, this is not what I want. That's what happened to me. I'm like, this is yeah. not what I want. Even though well, on the you outside, touched on it. Still, yeah, like on the outside, I still have that stuff, right? The house, the kids, the husband, all that stuff. But the approach to that, having that is now totally different and on my terms. A hundred percent. And the other yeah. thing that happens with that 20 year, 20, 25, 30 year phase 
it's building. Mm -hmm. And you called it the hamster wheel or rat race, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. That's part of it. But the other part is what you mentioned, that we just haven't checked in with ourselves again about our goals. So it's very common to set those goals when you're 20 to 25. You don't Mm -hmm. know how long it's going to take if it's even possible to get pregnant. You don't even know if you're going to be able to afford a house. You don't even know what exactly is going to happen in your career path. You just Mm -hmm. don't know so many things. So you push, push, push and get what you think you want. And I'm doing air quotes. (laughs) Nobody can see the air quotes. Yeah. And then you get those things and you tick off some boxes and you get spat out at the other end and you're like, whoa, right? what the heck? Yeah. And like our society doesn't ask us what we want either, right? Like nobody is asking that. And so we're not conditioned to ask ourselves that, right? So, but the good news is that we still can, no matter how old we are. Absolutely. Yes, we can. We absolutely can. So the thing that I mentioned also at the beginning that I was pretty confident that you'd be talking about it in your community is the role of alcohol with this stressful situation of the Mm -hmm. pandemic. Mm -hmm. So what have you noticed going on? Yeah, so I've noticed a lot of things. So some people are using the pandemic to like tune in, right? Like they're like, I've got more time. This is amplified. So like it kind of like the pandemic kind of amplified all of our issues right so like (laughs) totally stressful relationships or issues with your partner whatever that was the light was shown on that if you have food or eating or drinking shit like you're gonna stress and feel all of that and overcompensate with food and alcohol if you've had those type descendancies so a lot of people see that they're like this has really shown me how i'm coping Mm -hmm. right and so I'm gonna I'm gonna figure this out because I've got the time. I'm not running my kids everywhere, whatever it is. I'm working from home and I have more time. And then I've also seen the other side of it where it's just like they don't, right? They're like, screw that, it's a pandemic. Cut back on your drinking. Are you crazy? It's a pandemic, right? <laughs> so I've seen both sides, and then like, of course, there's things in the middle. But the statistics that I've read and the volume of business that I have right now, I think is very similar track. So like the statistics, I think it's like 46% of women now during the pandemic, that binge drinking has gone up more hospitalizations, more addictions, more health issues because of pandemic drinking. So it's mm. def- especially around women, more so than men. Wow. So like the, the issues with heart alcohol consumption have gone up with women, all of the kind of things that we have a lot of data on on men with alcohol, we are seeing very similar trends with women with alcohol during the pandemic. So it's definitely serious. Yeah. And, wow. and alcohol spending has gone um, up. Oh, yeah. That's something you can yeah. use. That's objective. Yeah. 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 So your message is is so um, accessible. It's such a, a message that I think connects with people who think they might want to decrease their drinking, Mm -hmm. but they're afraid. Can you talk a little bit about what it's like to take that first step to acknowledge that you want to drink a little bit less? Yeah, I think that is the first step is just to acknowledge, right? Like that that is something that you want to do and it's okay. Like that's what you want to add on to is like acknowledge that you want to do it and that there's no shame in, in getting help or doing it yourself or whatever method you figure out you can do for yourself. And it's okay to do that, right? So, so many of my clients have a lot of shame around it, right? So they want to protect their privacy and which is totally understandable, right? Because most of the people that come in that I work with are high achieving women with families and relationships and, you know, they're in their public and, you know, they're not 
not functioning, right? They have a full life that they're living with people and all the things around them. So they're so scared to talk about it, though, because there's so much of that stigma associated with saying if you have an issue with alcohol, then you must be an alcoholic and you can't ever drink again. And people don't want other people to slap that label on them, right? So, yeah, it's like there's no shame in it. It's normal that people drink in response to stressful situations. You know, if you talk about like just regular human behavior, when we feel stressed or anxious or any sort of emotion like that, we are programmed to go seek some pleasure and avoid pain, right? So it makes sense that if you have drink in response to stressful times in your life and you've trained that that's kind of a natural or uh, a coping mechanism that you use and you're now you're in the pandemic where everything feels very stressful and uncertain that you would be driven to go do some of those same behaviors right definitely so there's nothing wrong like if you're listening to this there's nothing wrong with you for wanting to do that and for doing it it's a normal human response to want to get out of that emotional pain that you might be in and what do you think the, one of the more common reasons that people, you know, finally get some insight about what they want, because as we've talked about, it's so hard for anybody to really, <laughs> not anybody, but many people to even just identify what it is that they want mm-hmm. around weight, around drinking, around earning an income, around what kind of a lifestyle you want, around clutter, mm-hmm. like, like around every single topic. Um, To identify what you want and and for women to feel like they have permission to want something and to set goals, especially later in life. What what do you see when it comes to uh, the women in your community that they finally get the insight that it's they want something else? Yeah, I think they just a lot of it, they just feel really frustrated. Mm. Right. So they know that they're feeling frustrated and they feel stuck. Yeah. Like that's what I hear the most. They just, they feel stuck. They've tried things. They've tried doing things or they've tried reading books and listening and they just can't move the needle on, mm. for me, it's over drinking, right? For my clients, it's over drinking and, and most often to weight loss because they're pretty tied together, but they just know that what they have been doing isn't working. So they feel frustrated. And so that's probably where they identify it most. And then they feel inspired and they feel hopeful by connecting with me or listening to some other my client stories that, that maybe they can do it too. Yeah. And so I think that they just, that kind of cracks open their brain, very similar to how it happened with me, right? Like, yeah. okay, I see something that might work. Like if they can do it, I could feel like it might work for me too. So they are people that have tried a lot of things mm-hmm. and they're always kind of like trying to figure it out. Does that make sense? Total sense. It's their, their, searching and they tried things, but it's like a few of the puzzle pieces are missing. Yeah. Yeah. So like they don't give up on themselves, which is a really good sign. Like if you're listening to podcasts, like self-help podcasts, you yeah. probably are like that, right? Totally. So, yeah. You know, so like if you've done 25 different diets, <laughs> you're probably like that because you're just always trying to figure it out. Right. So like you don't give up on yourself. That's something to acknowledge. Does that answer your question? I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, what is the insight that people have that really helps them feel okay about wanting something else? Yeah. I think it's the insight to know that they don't like what they currently have going on Mm -hmm. and they feel a little bit of inspiration or motivation or hopeful about somebody else doing it that's similar to them. 
Yeah, that's so I'm so glad you're here on the Women in the Middle podcast today, because that is very much how listeners of the podcast describe it, too. It's stuck mm-hmm. and frustrated. And one of the things that comes up a lot in my community is how much dissatisfaction they feel because of the time that they're wasting. Because all of a sudden, another five years goes by, another 10 years go by, and I still have this problem, or I still am not content. I still feel stuck. I still Mm -hmm. am not dreaming. It's like, yeah, I'm reading all this stuff that talks about dreaming, but I don't even know what I want to dream about, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. One of the really fun exercises that I try to do a lot in my podcast and in like any free classes or things is actually giving people an opportunity to dream. Like, so just like sit here in your chair, like, and you listeners could do this now. It's just like, what would you like your life to look in just six months from now? Like, what would be an ideal day for you? How do you want to feel during that day? And let your brain go there and visualize what that might look like. How do you feel when you wake up in the morning? Are you excited to get up? Do you go exercise? Do you take some time to write? Do you have a slow cup of coffee? You know, like, what would be so amazing for you just in a regular 24-hour period? Yeah, I and like that because it's not, it's not like too big. It doesn't require yes. too much of an effort to right. take that little step. Yeah. Into what would that day look like? Yeah, yeah. And then that kind of like gives them that little window of like possibility again. It's like, okay, if I and then I'm like, if you can think that way and you can visualize that, you can absolutely have it. Oh, yeah. And also what you mentioned is the importance of sharing stories. People have found it so inspiring that I share how long I was stuck. Mm. And that five years is shocking to me and a little embarrassing, but I didn't know anything about coaching. I didn't know anything about what I was thinking. Like Mm -hmm. I thought I did, but clearly I didn't. Um, So just to share that and to know that I got through it, Mm -hmm. it is motivational. And people write that to me all the time that it's, Mm -hmm. um, it's good to know those stories. So I would imagine it's the same thing with your stories that people are able to lose the weight. They're able to lose weight yeah. and drink less. They're able to just mm-hmm. drink less, or maybe some people want to stop drinking. Yeah. What do you find that helps people decide what they want in terms of alcohol in their life? I think they just play around with it. So like inside the program, it's, you know, stop over drinking and start living. So it's like, I tell people like you get to play around with not drinking, you get to play around with having some drinks, and then you get to evaluate what that experience is like. And then decide what you really want, right? Like really think about what you really want. And after you've what does it feel like after you've had a couple drinks, right? Do you like that? Do you not like that? Like what evaluate and give yourself the time and space to look at it and then decide. Um, Some people like take a break right away and they love that so much. They're like, why, why do I want to drink again? You know, like it doesn't make any sense for me. I don't, I don't want that. Right. So they give themselves the space to kind of figure it out and understand why they're drinking in the first place. And then oftentimes I feel, I feel like once they solve and see and get aware of why they're drinking, same thing for like, your clients, I'm guessing like why they're stuck, why they feel this way, why they're not doing the things that they actually want to be exactly, doing. Yeah. Once they see that, it's pretty easy to make some changes, just little thought changes, right? Little different things that they can try that will kind of crack the rest open. And then you get all those lovely side effects that happen. Absolutely. So when you are thinking about your passion mm-hmm. and your purpose, now that you have morphed into somebody who has a very clear 
sounds like your mission is exceptionally clear right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what has life been like for you when you're living your purpose compared to what it was when you were, you know, not as intentional about what you were doing? Well, you're going to make me cry thinking about it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, of course, I still have days, right? I still have all the feelings that everybody else has. But like, I'm just constantly amazed. You know, like I'm looking around in my office right now. I'm like, I created this with my mind. You know, like it, when I go on a trip or something or I'm, I'm doing something special with my kids, I'm like, I created this. This would not have been possible had I not changed my stuff, had I not looked at how I was thinking about my life. So what was the question again? I want to make sure I really, because I feel like it's important. It's it's just thinking about what your life is like, knowing that you're living in alignment with your Mm. purpose. It feels easy. Mm. It feels so much easier. Like I am not fighting everybody and myself. Oh right. my gosh, that is such a huge insight because a lot yeah. of people get really stuck with purpose seems so far away and complicated and hard. Yes. I don't it's a weird word. Like I don't know why passion and purpose has gotten such a a bad rap in terms mm-hmm. of it being murky territory. Mm-hmm. But it feels murky and distant and complicated and mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. And once you're in it though, you have ease. Yeah. With alignment and I don't feel like I have to try. I mean, I definitely put a lot of effort into my work, right? Like it definitely takes work to do it, but I enjoy that process. Instead of before, it was like I had like my thoughts, like I have to do this. This Mm -hmm. is what it takes. I have to push through. This sucks, blah, blah, blah. And so that energy that I felt before, um, it really just isn't present now because I'm like, I get to decide. This is my choice. This is what I want to do. Right. So it just feels so much easier. And when I feel that way, then the actions that I take from that place just are in alignment with how I want to live. You know what? I I almost hate using the word alignment. I use it all the time, too. But it's so it's such a good word. It's just one of those coachy words. But yeah, alignment means ease. It's like you're going in the same direction of the things that you want. You're where you want to be. It's such a beautiful thing. And you're right. You did create it. And that is such a I think that's a beautiful way to think about it. Yeah, like we can do anything if we put our mind to it, right? And it doesn't have to feel hard, right? <laughs> like when you when you get into alignment with like your, your thoughts and your feelings and all of that comes into play naturally, then the shit just happens. It's so like true. It's, it's amazing, right? <laughs> it's magical. Yeah. Um, so what would you say to somebody who is thinking, you know what? I don't feel as awesome as I could be. And I'm a little bit suspicious of how much I'm drinking. What would you say to them? I would think I would say that you should listen to that and just start getting aware, like just notice why you're drinking, like start to notice your patterns with it, right? Don't try to change it right away. Just get aware. So like if you're drinking at the end of the day, because it's been a stressful day, right? Maybe you're working from home or maybe you're just freaking bored. A lot of times it's just boredom, like it's and it's it's become a habit. This is just what we do at five o'clock, right? Maybe you don't drink at five o'clock and just see what comes up for yourself there, right? Give yourself an opportunity to see what happens when you don't do your normal patterns with alcohol and what you feel like. Like name the feeling that comes up for you. Are you bored? Are you anxious? Are you nervous? Are you lonely? Right? Like, or if it's in a social situation, are you overly excited? 
right? Or happy or feeling joyful and you're using alcohol to amplify and keep that party feeling going, right? So just get aware and like ask yourself, if I didn't drink right now, what would that be like? And if it was like a huge brain fit, if you're like, oh, hell no, (laughs) that would be something I would pay attention to because you really don't want to have to rely on alcohol to, to live your life or to have fun or to use it as a coping tool to like when you're not feeling good. You should be able to take it or leave it, go to events and not have it or have one without it being a big deal. And if you can't, it's something to look at. I really do that. It just, the longer you go with it in that pattern, it just creeps in more and more and more. And before you know it, you can be in your midlife and have had struggles with it for 30 years, which is very similar to a lot of my clients. And you don't have to wait that long. Like you can, you can get ahead of it. You're so right about all the stigma, though, associated uh, with it. It's it's a crazy amount of stigma. Yeah. It's so weird that there's that much stigma in a society where, you know, alcohol is legal and mm-hmm. there's uh, all kinds of social pressure to drink. Mm-hmm. It is, it's kind of weird. It's so weird because we have all this social pressure, right? And like this alcohol filled society that we live in, right? We're marketed all the time to drink alcohol, that it makes our life better, right? And when we start to question that, and then we're like, oh, I'm not going to drink tonight. And we're hit with like, what? Right? Like our friends are like, you're not drinking or are you pregnant? Are you pregnant? (laughs) Are you sick? Or like, what's happening? Or are you on a diet? Whatever it is, you know, and you're just like, you know, no, I just want to drink less. It's okay. You know, like you have to be able to feel uncomfortable through some of that initially. And more people like the advice I want to give about that is people are just like, reflecting their own stuff with alcohol when they have those types of questions. Cause like, if you're not drinking, does that mean you're going to judge me and how much I'm drinking? Am I drinking too much? Like it's more about them than about you. So try not to worry about it so much. We get way more worked up in our own heads about what other people might think than what they're actually thinking. So, Oh my gosh, that's so true. And you know, the other thing that you mentioned is the feeling of boredom that I just wanted Mm -hmm. to touch on because one of the things I noticed in looking at my own um, eating was, mm-hmm. you know, when, when do I have an urge to eat that I'm not hungry? Mm-hmm. And one thing surprised me because I never identified with, with the concept of emotional eating because I didn't think boredom was one of those emotions. Ah, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. But one of the times that I feel almost a compulsion to move from this chair to the kitchen <laughs> is when I'm writing a blog or a podcast mm. and I'm stuck and I don't know or tired. Yeah. I need a break. And so I would have never classified that as an emotion where I'm looking for something that mm-hmm. makes me feel better from this yeah. little bit of discomfort of being mm-hmm. stuck or needing a break. Mm-hmm. But that's the first time I kind of noticed that I didn't just want to go for a walk. I wanted to go to a walk to the kitchen. Yeah. And I thought, wow, is this, is this boredom? Is it, I need a break? Is it both? But I definitely wouldn't have classified it as trying to make myself feel, feel better, really. Like I wouldn't have right. put that in the same category as, you know, being emotionally needy. So yeah. that was a real eye opener for me. Mm-hmm. And when I was looking for a little bit of help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I never would have classified myself as an emotional drinker or an emotional eater either. Like, I heard about emotional eating before and I'm like, no, I don't, I don't eat when I'm stressed. That's right. Like, that's not how I, right. like, that's what I thought that meant. Yeah. Right? 
I and, guess that's yeah. why I was so curious for you to talk a little bit about what somebody might be experiencing when they realized maybe they wanted a change. Because I wondered, you know, I was so disconnected from that idea. You were a little bit disconnected yes. from that idea. So I wondered how that would show up in terms of interpreting what it is that didn't feel good anymore. Yeah, I think it's like you, you, you'll know you, <laughs> if you over drink, you know, that you have patterns where it doesn't feel good. Like that's not even a hard question to answer. Uh, okay. Got right. It. So if you identify as somebody who overdrinks, you're probably like, uh-huh. Yep. Nodding, listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, yes, I know what that feels like. So it's not hard to identify. Right. 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 You're like, do I overdrink? And you can't really recall the last time you woke up feeling fuzzy and shame and regret and all that. Like you're probably not in trouble. <laughs> Right. So like, don't worry. But if like I mentioned before, if you like if if you notice your patterns and it's hard for you and you feel really uncomfortable about not having a drink in one of those normal patterns after work, weekend stuff, parties, and that's a real issue for you. And you're like, either it's like a very white knuckly sort of like, I got to grit my teeth and get through this or I won't go if I can't drink type of situation. Mm -hmm. You might just want to start questioning that. Right. Right. Yeah. And then so the emotions. A lot of people say this. It's just a habit. Yeah. That's I'm like habits are formed by repetitive actions that we take in response to our feelings. Right. So the actions that we take drinking, eating, not going for that new role, not starting your business. Right. Not asking for a raise is based on how we feel. So it's all based in emotions. Yeah, so, emotions for the win, you know? <laughs> emotions for the win. I know that's not what anybody wants to hear. And that is, you know, people are like, I don't want to dig into that. And that's okay. Like, you don't have to. But that is the reason why we have overdrinking, overeating, and all the other things. Because we don't want to see our emotions and we don't understand them. And we think that they're like a terrible thing to experience. But we experience them whether we like it or not. So yeah, That's so true. <laughs> So how have you embraced the real Angela in terms of fun? Oh, gosh, I make a lot of jokes. Um, <laughs> no, like, I think really, like, I, I teach this to my clients, too. Like, fun is a mental construct, right? Totally. So, like, if you were to observe me all day long, your thoughts probably aren't like, Angela's a lot of fun. <laughs> You're like, she wakes up at 5, 5.30 in the morning. She sits, she writes, she drinks coffee. She might exercise. She might go for a run. Like, my things don't necessarily, like, scream fun, but I think they're fun. I think getting up in the morning is super fun. Drink my coffee in silence. Get my head in the right place for the day. I love running and listening to my music. I've been known to, like, do a little run dance or a leap or, I'll, like, give the tree a high five as I'm running past it, you know? What um, kind of music do you like? Oh, I like all kinds of music. I like like pop. Um, I like classic rock. I love Prince. I love the Grateful Dead. Um, Lady Gaga. Just all the things. So all you don't think you you don't look fun outwardly, but you're totally fun on the inside. It's a party in there. So, oh yeah. So. And then if I like go out for dinner with, I love seeing my friends. Um, you know, talking, hanging out with my friends. I love going on trips with my kids. I'm taking my kids to the beach next week. Um, I love seeing sunrises and sunsets, uh, traveling, 
Yeah, talking to you, people like you. <laughs> oh, God, I made the list. I can't believe it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know what, Angela? You're one of these people. So at the Life Coach School and in the online coach world and, and the networking and community groups that we have an opportunity to be in, um, there's always a few people that you just think, you know what? I would like to know her a little bit more. And I have really been working on that. If there's somebody who... I think is one of those people I've been reaching out, not just on the podcast, but mm -hmm. just also just to have an info call or something yeah. like that. And I was, uh, it I was tickled to hear this recently come up in one of the communities that I was in, that that would be a good thing to pursue. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm already pursuing that sort of thing, you know, yeah. in terms of relationship building. So there's just something about your message and the goodness that you're putting in the world that has caught my attention as somebody who's rocking it. And I just wanted to get to know you a little better. So I thought, oh, I'll bring yeah. her on the podcast. <laughs> so fun. Thank you. Yeah. I try to make it fun. Like when I think about, you know, the women who have been struggling with drinking, right. And the shame and the secrecy, you know, and the yeah. hiding and stuff that they do. I want to be fun for them. I want to be like the shining light on the other side to show them that your life is not over. You will not lose all of your friends and you will not be boring for the rest of your life, right? So like, I really try to live that. And I, it's not a lie. Like I, I really do feel like my life is pretty exciting and colorful and vibrant. And I have so many amazing relationships, so many more relationships I ever would have had before, Yeah, you know? And I like to emanate that, you know, and be that for them so that they can see what is possible. So Oh my gosh, I, I love that so much. And, and I have to say that's also come out in my community when I, I started to really realize it with iTunes reviews. Mm. And the people started to consistently comment on appreciating my silliness and the way I share authentically and yeah. make them laugh out loud and mm -hmm. that I'm upbeat. And I think also with aging, and with some of the pretty heavy topics that come up in midlife yeah. about change and caring for parents and about transitioning yeah. to life with older kids or young adults right. and um, and just the way our bodies are changing and all the mm -hmm. things, there, mm -hmm. it's a lot. It could be pretty heavy. So yeah. uh, a good old story about, you know, peeing your pants or <laughs> having some weird thing happen. <laughs> like yeah. Underwear fell down in the parking lot of the grocery store. Like, I mean, you know, I got to oh, share. Yeah. I'm like, oh, the ladies will love this. <laughs> you can't make this shit up, right? Like, no, it's too good not to share it. <laughs> just say thank God for skorts or that yeah. underwear would have been on the pavement. <laughs> <laughs> that oh. is awesome. Yeah, oh we got to have fun with it. Like, this is our life, right? And like, we yes. can't laugh at ourselves and like, oh you know, make jokes of things. I mean, there's some things where we have to be serious as coaches, right? And like really show up and meet them and things like that. But for the most part, you know, it's our thinking that gets us into the most trouble. And we can look at ourselves and have a good giggle about it sometimes. Oh, thank God for the giggle. So yeah. tell us, how can people get a hold of you? Well, people can listen to my podcast. It's called Stop Over Drinking and Start Living. And it's on iTunes and all the players. It's on my website as well, AngelaMasenic.com. And you can follow me on the socials at Coach with Angela Masenic. Awesome. I'm going to have all of that information in the show notes. So please check out the show notes if you want to get a hold of Angela. Angela, thank you so much. It's been a delight to talk to you. I'm, I'm so proud of watching you make these changes and live this life and your passion to help other women do the same thing 
is truly inspiring. Thank you so much for sharing today. Thank you so much for having me, Susie. It was so fun to talk to you. That's it for this episode. Wow, right? So much great insight and perspective. I just love her approach. There's so much going on in midlife. The pandemic has certainly amplified lots of issues in life and over drinking is one of them for so many. But like Angela said, if you take the time and give yourself the space to actually check in with yourself about what you want, you may in fact decide that you want a lifestyle that might be a little different than the one you have. You may be on autopilot, just doing the things day after day, minute by minute, (laughs) just responding, perhaps even for decades with all kinds of habits and patterns that just don't serve you anymore. I know that you know what I mean about this, right? So taking this pause and prioritizing, taking a good look at what is actually a priority for you, what's important for you now at your age. You gotta do this, it's essential. And I really believe that midlife is the perfect time to do this sort of exercise and to prioritize yourself. Okay, that is it. So as you know, my focus as a midlife coach is to help you waste less time spinning and feeling stuck. This is what regret-proofing your life is all about. Remember, being the queen of your brain domain is the best way to be, and I am here to help. This is what you'll learn when you hire me as your coach. Learning the mindfulness concepts are one thing, but when it comes to applying the concepts, that's when you really benefit from coaching. Head over to www.talktosusie.com and book a free call to see what program's a good fit for you and apply to work together. It really is time to get unstuck, get clear, and get excited about your life again. For show notes and links, head over to www.coachwithsusie.com. And if you're feeling stuck, make sure to grab your free guide, Nine Secrets to Get Unstuck in Your 50s, at www.susierosenstein.com forward slash nine secrets. And if you or your friend is turning 50 or has a birthday anytime after 50, here's a great gift. Grab a copy of my new book, 50 Ways to Celebrate Life After 50. Check out Amazon or your favorite online bookseller. Let's do this, ladies. It's time for you to put yourself first one thought at a time. Thanks so much for listening and I'll talk to you next week. 